Four minutes it is before uh, 8 p.m. That was the voice of uh, AMCO President Joseph Matunjwa. And uh, AMCO, uh, which uh, last held an elective Congress in 2013, has been said by the Department of Labor to be making up excuses for why it has not done so, nor had, I guess, uh, the regional congresses that uh, would uh, precede a, a uh, elective conference of the uh, trade union. And uh, this is the reason provided by the Department of Labor in a statement today explaining the decision of the Labor Registrar to issue a notice of his intention to deregister the union. Now, the department said in terms of Section 1062B uh, B of the Labor Relations Act, the union or any interested party will be afforded an opportunity to make representations as to why the registration should not uh, be cancelled. And uh, I'm joined now on the line by uh, Terry Bell, a Labour analyst. And of course, we've been trying to get hold of uh, Joseph Matunjwa, but uh, I guess they're keeping their cards close to their chest uh, in anticipation of that uh, press conference happening tomorrow morning. And uh, also the Registrar of Labour Relations at the Department of Labour and the spokesperson uh, unavailable there, of course, after we had made initial uh, overtures to them. And uh, one assumes certainly as Kuma uh, suggested to me, uh, that uh, you know, that they're having this evening, a very important meeting they might be having there. And uh, let's, uh, let's give them that kind of space while we deliberate on this, uh, because uh, we've heard the side of uh, the Department of Labor certainly throughout the course of the day today, and uh, we wait in anticipation for the side of uh, the uh, Association of Mine Workers Construction Union. Terry Bell, good evening to you. How are you? Good evening, Ibonga. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Terry, um, you know, w- w- when something like this comes up, and certainly for someone uh, like me who's quite interested in, in worker issues, I often say, you know, there's two narratives at play here. On the one side, there are those inside AMCO and even outside of AMCO and even in the National Union of Mine Workers who say, uh, you know, Joseph Matunjo has really played, uh, I guess, a political football here with the lives of workers uh, with the Sabanya Stowater strike, and uh, the chickens are coming home to roost, uh, and uh, clearly indicates a lack of uh, governance in the union that the Department of Labor would do this. And then on the other side of uh, uh, the spectrum, there's the narrative that, you know, this uh, certainly with the timing of it, which uh, for me, I must say, is uh, rather ominous and interesting, uh, that the timing of this indicates some form of political machinations that are happening behind the scenes, or what we would say in Isikosa is Isandla Semfene, which uh, can be loosely translated as the hand of a monkey uh, and uh, uh, play, playing behind the scenes. Well, what, what is your perspective, certainly, Terry, with uh, what you've heard over the last day or so about this looming deregistration, uh, if indeed it does happen, of AMCU? Well, it's a very puzzling situation. In the first place, even if, David, if, if Joseph Mutunjo was a great dictator, he's got a quarter of a million members who would have actually rebelled against him had that been the case. And maybe they are rebelling. I don't know. The point very simply is, and what is puzzling, is not just the timing, which is in itself a rather startling, it's the fact that according to the Labor Relations Act, which governs these matters, now, we've been told that the reason they're being re-registered is not having paid to their constitution about it, but they also said it's no longer a real trade union. A real trade union is defined in the Act as an independent trade union. Now, the only way that a registrar can cancel the registration is if the unions have not abided by putting forward their normal audited records of finances and membership. Otherwise, and that's Section 105 of the Act, and I'll read it, any trade union may apply to the Labor Court for an order declaring that another trade union is no longer independent. Mm. If the Labor Court is satisfied that a trade union is not independent, the court must make a declaratory order. What, what do we mean by independence here, Terry? The whole thing had to have gone to the Labor It's not. It's not gone there. What do we mean by independence here, Terry? 
Well, the point is, uh, it may say, well, it's no longer independent. It's become a boss's union. It's been bought by someone. It has been run by someone mm. else. It's no longer independent as a workers' uh, democratic organization. And I don't think there's been any evidence of that. You may have a dictatorial top-down effect. That's happened with many unions over the years. I've seen this. You know, unions have been registered and deregistered by the hundreds over the years. We now have 207 registered unions in the country at the moment, for example, some of whom will probably be deregistered in the next year or two because they fail to keep up their financial records, etc. But the registrar has always traditionally given an incredible amount of leeway to unions, saying, oh, we understand because of your difficulties, administrative difficulties, giving them a year, two years, three years in some cases to come up with their reports, their records, etc. In the case of UNCU, they've been involved in a five-month, a long five-month strike at Sibania Stillwater. I mean, I would imagine that would have involved every, every resource they had rather than setting up for a congress. Mm. So this seems like a very, very peculiar, and I can understand why there is now a lot of speculation about political hands being involved. Mm. Now, we know the uh, Labour Registrar uh, spoke uh, uh, to uh, the media early on uh, this morning, and one of the things that became quite patently clear to me, Terry, was... Uh, uh, that uh, he says they went out to them and they said, look, you guys are are supposed, according to your own constitution, to have a national congress every five years. The last one was in 2013, and uh, you therefore had to have had your one in 2018. Uh, And uh, the registrar felt that, uh, you know, he didn't get the kind of response he would have liked uh, from AMCU, and uh, he feels that uh, they... Uh, in effect said to him, back off, uh, we'll deal with our own things and you're giving us unusual attention. Do, do you get a sense here, Terry, that uh, this response was directly in response to that, to saying, okay, if indeed uh, you, you think you can play hardball, we'll show you how we can do that? The point is it has nothing whatever to do with the Registrar of Trade Unions. <laughs> it has to do with the membership of the union. It has nothing whatever to do with the Registrar in terms of deregistration. If members of the union or factions in the union were dissatisfied because they hadn't had a Congress, they take the matter to the Labour Court. That's what should happen. There, the Labour Court will make a declaratory judgment, which the registrar can act on. The registrar, looking through, I've gone closely through the Labour Relations Act. I may be wrong, but I don't think so. The registrar actually has nothing whatever to do with that. That's to do with the members of the union. The union says they're going to have a conference in September. Well, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. However, it is up to the members of the union. It is not for the registrar to decide whether or not they should. There have been many unions that have skipped their congresses for years, and never, nothing has ever been done about it. It's very peculiar that this has been done in a very high-profile, headline-grabbing way. It's very, very worrying, and it does lead to all sorts of speculation, which we've had from Bontebonke, Olomisa, and others, saying that there's political machinations at play here, that there's an attempt to destabilize, and also pointing out, for example, that this is on the brink of the new wage negotiations in the platinum sector, where AMCU is by far the largest representative union. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when, when we look at that, maybe this is uh, seen in, in many ways as a way to clip the wings of AMCO prior to uh, those uh, platinum sector negotiations, which are kicking off in June. But uh, uh, anything that you would expect and anticipate, certainly from the uh, press conference of uh, AMCO tomorrow morning, uh, that would at least give some direction about uh, what the line of march is from here onwards? Like probably your people there in the newsroom and everybody else, I've been trying to get hold of Amku and Joseph Matunjwa all day. Um, I would suspect, 
and I, this is again, I'm just, I'm not predicting, but I would actually imagine that what they would do is they'll come out with all guns blazing and saying this is ridiculous, it's persecution of the union, it's outside of the of the purview of the labor relation of the labor registrar, the registrar of trade unions, and that they will fight this right the way down the line. They've, it has been said they have 60 days. The point is, I think this is going to drag on for ages. It is, however, significant. It's come just two weeks before an election mm. and just before the platinum uh, mine wage negotiations. That That is significant. I don't know whether whoever, if there has been any ulterior motive machinations behind it. I don't know whether it'll work, but what it has done is it's thrown a lot of murk into the area and it's thrown a possibility of a great deal of instability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, th- that kind of uh, long distraction that uh, this might serve as for AMCO, what impact, if any, would it have, certainly on their negotiating position and the stances that uh, they're going to be taking into negotiations with uh, 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 some of the companies in the platinum sector, especially in the context of the, uh, uh, I guess, uh, you know, bullish platinum prices that we've seen we've seen palladium over the last few months or so uh, hitting the lights off and uh, many of the platinum group metals performing quite well and uh, probably relatively not as well uh, for uh, the uh, mother commodity the platinum itself but uh, certainly a much better uh, uh, negotiating period than uh, many that we've seen over the last decade well if this was an attempt to sort of weaken uh, amku because of its uh, performance over the, the five-month strike i think it could well backfire not only because of the, the PGM prices, etc., but also because of the speculation that will go around about who is behind this and who is trying to destroy us. And I think it will harden attitudes within the UMCU members in the platinum sector. And that could lead to even harder negotiations, more difficult negotiations, and perhaps even more instability. Mm. I'm in conversation with uh, Terry Bell. He's a labor analyst and uh, certainly uh, a very seasoned uh, analyst of uh, labor matters uh, here in South Africa. And uh, give us a ring if you'd like to weigh in on this conversation. Let us know what you think about uh, the Amku matter. All manner of uh, conspiracy theories uh, thrown about uh, over the last day or so on social media and many other platforms about uh, the source of, uh, I guess, uh, this uh, complaint about uh, AMCU and not uh, uh, performing in alignment with their constitution or even uh, uh, acting like a union. And I, I, I'm not sure what, what that necessarily means or, or what independence means in the bigger scheme of things when we do know that uh, there are many other uh, unions that uh, are... I guess linked to all manner of uh, political formations. Uh, but uh, that being said, uh, give us a ring on 089-110-3377, 089-110-3377. Our lines are opened. Uh, also, uh, want to check out some of those tweets, so do send them through on uh, at MetroFMSA, at MetroFMSA, and let us know uh, certainly, or or even suggest uh, what you think uh, AMCU should be doing uh, as uh, a way forward, uh, which uh, they're going to be announcing tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., Uh, at that press conference. Now, Terry, the other thing, uh, certainly in relation to uh, the hardening of attitudes that you have been speaking about, is uh, certainly something that I, I feel... It's probably counterproductive even uh, if, if we are to work on the assumption for argument's sake that uh, many of those who are in the mining lobby and who are adversarial to, to AMCU and who are said to be sitting al- across AMCU uh, at the platinum uh, sector negotiations in the next few weeks or so, if indeed they are behind this, uh, one would think that uh, it's actually shooting themselves in the foot, be- not only because it's going to harden attitudes, but also if you don't have the kind of harmonious industrial relations, you're probably not going to have the production that will allow you to benefit from the bullish and uh, uh, bullish prices that we've seen for platinum group metals. I agree entirely. The point is here, I just wonder, because if it's under Section 105, if, 
any faction within AMCU has raised this matter, or if any, it would, that would probably be the best thing. If, for example, the National Union Mine Workers had normally raised this, that would create terrible tensions. But if the employer has gone and raised this, or any of the employers, this will really backfire terribly. I would just hope, I don't think anyone probably mentioned, even if there has been someone who brought it forward, who will mention who it was. But it actually demands that someone should bring that forward before it's not for the registrar to simply decide. It has to be brought forward by someone and then made a decision has to be made by the Labour Court. So I think we'll have to wait and see until tomorrow morning and see what, what AMCU has to say. Mm. I don't know what they will say. I have, as you probably tried to do, find out in advance, but it hasn't worked. <laughs> um, but I would imagine they're simply going to say, we'll fight this right down the line. And I suspect it will harden attitudes rather than weaken uh, union positions in the platinum negotiations. Mm. Is there any obligation on the registrar to, uh, I guess, uh, publicize who had uh, placed this particular complaint before them? Uh, much like, of course, uh, you know, if, if you take a look at the Competition Commission, for instance, they often say, look, so-and-so brought this matter to our attention. Does the Labour registrar uh, have an obligation to do the same? No, in fact, the point is that it shouldn't have even brought, been brought to the Labour Registrar, it should have been brought to the Labour Court. This is what makes it so peculiar. This is an incredibly peculiar situation that we've been emerged with. And as a result, it's made everything very murky. And that's never a very good thing within Labour relations or politics generally to have a lot of murk around because then you have loads of speculation and people tend to act on speculation and on their beliefs of what is happening, which may be completely untrue. So until we can get this whole thing cleared up, I think the sooner the better. And I would hope that by tomorrow we can perhaps get some sort of clarity on the whole issue. Terry, the the other thing I want us to maybe consider um, is... You know, when we look at this uh, particular issue, and maybe it's the, I guess, the state of health of the Association of uh, Mine Workers and Construction uh, Union, they've been, uh, uh, just come through, I guess, a month-long, you know, strike here in in the gold sector, and we've seen... We've seen uh, five months, yeah? We've seen similarly in the past, I I recall in 2014, I think, uh, they went on a six-month strike uh, in the platinum sector. And uh, it seems here that, you know, as a union uh, between 2013 and I guess 2018, when they should have had the conference, much indeed has happened that uh, potentially uh, could have veered their attention away from uh, some of the internal and governance issues here. What is your assessment of, I guess, the state of health of the Association of uh, Mine Workers and Construction Union, notwithstanding, of course, uh, this part particular matter now that's been placed before the Labour Registrar? Well, the fact that the union managed to keep out on strike its members, I mean, there's always this thing, oh, well, Matunjwa kept them out on strike. No. The point is, I've covered many strikes over many years and been involved in some myself. The point is, it's the people who are on strike who tend to call the tune. They're the ones who decide what happens. I mean, you might have a leader who might say, well, let's stick it up, but the others can get brassed off and say, no, we've had enough. If you can have a group sticking out, as they did at Sibania, uh, the way they did, it seems to indicate to me that the core of the uh, AMCU membership is still solid and supporting their union and therefore the union leadership. Um, if, if they hadn't, they would have had fragmentation. Mm. Perhaps there's a hope that there will be fragmentation now that uh, after the five-month strike and the fact that there was not the great increase that was hoped for financially, and in terms of benefits. Uh, they're hoping that perhaps there will be some fragmentation mm. of playing at the edges with members of AMCU breaking away. Sure. I don't know. 
Um, if that does happen, well, we'll see. I mean, it'll just weaken Amku. Okay. But it doesn't seem likely, and it certainly doesn't seem like in the platinum sector yeah. where Amku has done very well. Terry, let's pause this slightly and take the spot break. 14 minutes it is after 8 p.m. I'd love to hear from you uh, on the uh, Amku matter and the potential, I guess, uh, deregistration process here that uh, is going to be pursued by the Labour Registrar. It came out in a gazette uh, over the last uh, uh, uh few days or so and i'm in conversation with labor analyst terry bell uh, to talk about uh, that and uh, terry uh, just uh, you know coming back to the conversation that we are having and uh, who potentially could benefit from fragmentation within uh, uh, amco i recall a few weeks ago uh, president Cyril ramaphosa speaking uh, at a uh, session that the anc had had for uh, it's uh, white compatriots, as, as it referred to, uh, sort of reaching out uh, and extending an olive branch, as uh, they suggested, uh, to the white community. And one of the issues that were posed, or the questions that were posed to uh, Cyril Ramaphosa was uh, what the government is going to do to deal with the strike and the economic impact of it, uh, of the five-month strike that's been happening in the gold sector, in particular at Sabanya Stillwater. And, and uh, he made it very clear that uh, the government, I guess, is... Um, working behind the scenes to speak to the different parties and to ensure that this matter is brought to some form of amicable resolution. Uh, and we saw that over the last few days or so when uh, Amku called the strike off. But uh, do, do you get a sense, and uh, as many people are making these connections on social media, that uh, there is certainly some, uh, I guess, influence in this particular uh, development here coming through from the presidency? Not necessarily at all, I don't think. Uh, you know, it's been dragging on for five months. I don't think the president's intervention would have had much to do with it at all. Uh, workers at that stage are pretty tired. They've lost a lot of money, and they realize, right, this is all we're going to get, and finally you get the majority decision that says, let's go for it. At this time, it's, not, it's perfectly understandable that the president, particularly the ANC, would want to make some capital out of it uh, because it's, there's an election looming in two weeks. However, I don't think that anyone could have really influenced it one way or the other. Uh, it became perfectly obvious that the uh, company wasn't going to budge. And the other two unions, and don't forget, you see, that AMCU is still trying to make headway within the gold sector. It's, it's not like it is in the platinum sector. And there was an argument about whether, in fact, they were the majority union or not. And it does appear that with the National Union of Mine Workers and Solidarity together constituted the majority and not AMCU. So they were a minority union, perhaps, within that situation. And eventually, the fact that they held that for five months is quite incredible. Mm. But I don't think anyone would have been interested one way or the other. It, it had to come to an end. Mm. It comes a time when, quite honestly, people can no longer bear no more wages. And in relation to this particular matter, I mean, many people suggesting and uh, I guess making the connection here between uh, Sir Ramaphosa's former union, uh, National Union of Mine Workers, and the adversarial relationship that they have with AMCO. Well, the point is that the serial relationship relates to, obviously, as does Sir Ramaphosa's uh, image to Marikana and what happened there. I mean, the point is, NUM, the National Union of Mine Workers, ended up being effectively the line management of Lonmin, and that's why you had a rebellion. Uh, Amku had a very small presence on only one shaft at Marikana, but they came down and joined the NUM members, and uh, with the way NUM behaved, ended up, I mean, it was a disaster from NUM's point of view, public relations-wise and every other way. And the point is that NUM then ended up hemorrhaging members, not only into AMCU, but also into non-unionism. So that's what actually happened. That's when you had a complete turnover within the platinum sector. 
So, uh, you know, I don't think that there would be much... There's no love lost between Num and uh, and Amku, and certainly I don't think there's much love lost from the Amku members with to Sir Juan Mkosa. Mm. But listen, I, I, I'm going yep. to have to go. I've got another call coming through. Oh, no, no, I was certainly going to let you go there, Terry. Terry, thank you so much for taking time out uh, to speak to us this evening. And uh, I certainly uh, am assured that I join you as well in uh, uh, holding thumbs in anticipation for that press conference tomorrow morning.